Welcome back, everybody. Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Yes, another episode drops. Uh, you guys will be hearing this on Friday. This is crazy. Obviously, so much content this week, a lot going on. And, you know, later on in a little bit, you'll hear Drew Hom and his big roast talking some Big Ten basketball. Can't miss. And we'll break down Wisconsin's week, week and a half that was since we haven't talked to Drew since before Wisconsin's big win against Purdue on Frank Kaminsky night uh, last week. So, you know, stay tuned for that. We're coming back with our four down territory segment, which is going to help us break down the 2018 spring football, uh, our position preview. Uh, and so uh, today we're going to talk running backs, right? And, and this is, uh, we talked safeties a couple of days ago. And, and guess what? You know, we get brought back on the show. Very gracious of them. Jason Galloway, Wisconsin State Journal, Red Zone Podcast. How you doing, my friend? Good, Jake. What have you been doing since I talked to you last a couple of days ago? Oh uh, man, uh, you know stuff. You know, try not to get into accidents with uh, with all the ice in, uh, that's around my cul-de-sac. So, you know, it's peak Wisconsin winter where one day it's going to be nice and near 50, and then it's going to drop to about 20 the next day. So, yeah, uh, yeah. all all the fun and games uh, of living in Wisconsin, which I love. I love this. I love this state for that matter. But. Um, yeah, you know, this is a – you're talking right now running backs. We had safeties uh, a couple of days ago, and obviously there's a lot of transition there. Here with running backs, uh, you, you got guys – obviously the guys, the contributors coming back. And, and obviously there's Jonathan Taylor, Bradrick Shaw, Garrett Groshek, Chris James. You know, the only one that's not going to come back is Rashid Ibrahim, uh, who was a graduate transfer from Pitt. That, that won't be there. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and, and we'll talk fullbacks uh, with the tight ends down the road, folks, too. And so, uh, you know, and, and on that note, too, again, for the position previews for spring ball, we're talking about players that will that'll play in the spring. So a guy like Nakia Watson, uh, who's not an early enrollee, we'll talk with him about him uh, heading up into the, you know, July time when we come back and do the full – full camp previews on here on uh, Bucky's fifth podcast. But, you know, talking first down, Jason, right? Uh, who's, yeah, you know, I, I guess I already gave it away. Who's gone, but, you know, this, what, what's what's the general overview of of this position group underneath John Settle with just a bunch of, of versatile backs coming back? Yeah, you got a, you got a lot here at running back. Obviously, you have one of the highest in front runners in Jonathan Taylor, uh, you can hand him the ball 30 times a game if you want. I know, you know, you lost Rashid Ibrahim, like you mentioned, but you got, you know, Chris James and Garrett Groszak who have both proven they can take the third down work that Ibrahim was was really good at last year. Um, you know, Chris James, I think, is a guy that, you know, um, could take over that role this year, and, and I think he played well in the season after he came back from injury. Um, and you still got Bradrick Shaw, who is, is coming off injury in, a, in his own right, and um, you know, you mentioned incoming freshman uh, Nikia Watson coming in the fall. So you, you got a lot of guys here, and we haven't even mentioned Taiwan Deal, who has suffered a lot of injuries. We don't really know what his situation is right now, but um, there, there's a lot of options here at running back for Wisconsin, and it's all led by by one of the best in the country, at, at Jonathan Taylor. And you know, and going into the second down, before we even go into that down. We, you know, another thing too, yeah, we we don't know. We have not, at this time of recording, we don't have the 2018 spring rosters yet. So this is more of an overview of what, kind of who's back from the roster. We'll see, you know, we'll see what's going on with, with Sam Brodner too, uh, another running back who was out last year. And, 
second down, you know, you mentioned though the big name, Jonathan Taylor came out of nowhere. Uh, from what you and I and many others in the media saw when practices during fall camp were open to the media, and then all of a sudden uh, you hear some things. You hear the Big Ten, uh, you know, you hear the Big Ten uh, Network, Dave Revson, among others, talking about how he's breaking uh, touchdown long touchdowns against the first team defense in that one Friday night scrimmage that they were at. And next thing you know, he's a co-starter. Then goes on to become. You know, Dope Walker Award finalist, Heisman talk, among others, 23 yards away from 2,000 in an impressive first year. Uh, you know, big name watch. Like, what do you expect to see out of him in, in this, you know, maybe, I don't even know what to say in the spring, but just, you know, how much, how big of a jump could he make from year one to year two after that impressive start? Yeah, you know, it's, it seems like Taylor's been uh, been a star for a long time now, but it's 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 crazy to think seven or eight months ago he was what the fifth, the fifth running back on this roster when fall <laughs> camp started, and during those first couple weeks we got to see. And so, um, again, he was a you know again he was a true freshman last year. I, I think he's a lot of people forget that because he's he's a guy that that seems mature beyond his years, not only off the field but uh, his running style as well. Um, he does have to clean up the fumbling issue. I think if that's that's one thing you you look at his season. I think he lost. I don't have that number off the top of my head, but he lost I think five or six fumbles about last year. And he, you know he, he's got to clean that up. That's kind of one of the major things there. Um, you know, Melvin Gordon also had a little bit of a fumbling issue during his record breaking season. Um, so it's not you know it's not like that's going to keep him from from being a Heisman candidate or or, or winning the award or being um, you know helping Wisconsin win games. But I think you, you got to clean that up if you. Um, in a tight game that could really cost you. Um, but, you know, it's, I, I think he, you know, after, because you got to remember, too, he didn't start the season as the starter. You know, the first game of the year, um, I think he only got the ball nine times, and he was uh, kind of splitting time with, with Chris James and Bradrick Shaw. I think I think Shaw actually got uh, maybe double the carries he did in that first game. And so yep. to, to go into the entire offseason and going into the year knowing he's the guy and, and the coaching staff knowing he's the guy too, and knowing they want to get him the ball, you know, you know, twenty to thirty times a game. Um, I think it's I, I think it's going to help him. But the good thing is you have a lot of guys behind him to where you don't have to um, you don't have to you know run him to death. You know, you can you can at least kind of uh, pace yourselves with him too. I don't, I don't know if you really want to give him the ball thirty times every single game. I, th- I think in the games you know um, that that you can win, maybe you can ease up on him a little bit too. So statistically, statistically maybe. You know that approach might hurt him a little bit, but but I think he's going to have a monster year, and there's there's no reason to think that he can't uh, um, you know get to get to 2,000 yards this season. He he you know he was right there last year, so I, I'm expecting that kind of season, and um, yeah, there's no reason to think that uh, that he won't get there. And you know, here with Jason Galloway, Wisconsin State Journal. You hear him uh, on the Red Zone podcast that he has. Make sure you guys subscribe on iTunes. You have, you know, you know, heading into this third down. You're talking about these, the who, you know, they'll be reserves. But you know, we we've talked about. You know, in I know I maybe I hyped them up in my position previews as a one-two combo uh, heading into last year's fall camp. You know, Bradrick Shaw and Chris James. Uh, who, you know, and we saw them during spring ball last year where, you know, Chris James, I, I thought he could be, uh, an, you know, a 
a three down back and I still feel that way, but you know, with the emergence of Taylor, uh, you know, you have Shaw who was second on the team in rushing, you know, James was hampered by injuries uh, for a good portion of the year. Uh, and then you have a guy like Garrett Groshek uh, who stepped up a, you know, a former walk or well, he's still a walk on from what we know, uh, but came in, uh, you know, and, and performed admirably, had a couple impressive stiff arms. And, and you mentioned it too, about we don't know what Taiwan deal, uh, what he could you know, if you, what he, he could bring back uh, after being out all last year as well. Uh, I mean, who are you in, in this third down? Who are you looking to watch uh, this spring? That's a good question. I mean, I, if I have to pick one guy, I'd say I, I, I'm pretty curious to see what Chris James's role is this year. Um, I don't think he and Brad Oakshaw both didn't really have the season they were expecting last year. Obviously, you know, heading into the season, we thought that those guys were the top two guys competing for the starting spot, and, and Taylor wasn't really on our radar until, you know, right before the season began. Um, so I, I'm curious to see, and he missed some time with injury last year, uh, Chris James did, and when he came back, it was kind of when Shaw came out, and, and you saw him get a little bit more work. Obviously, he's he's proven he can be uh, really good in third-down situations. He can catch the ball. He's really good in pass protection. But I also think he's, like you mentioned, you know, I, I think a lot of us thought that, you know, he could be a, a three-down back, and he doesn't necessarily need to be with Jonathan Taylor playing the way he is right now. But um, they were giving him some early-down work late in the season, especially in that Minnesota game um, last year. And he even got a couple goal-line carries, I think, in that game, which was really interesting. Uh, so I, I'm curious to see if he, if he takes on a bigger role this season. Um, I, I think maybe he's a little bit more dynamic than Bradrick Shaw is. So, um It'll be interesting to see if, if they give him any early down work or if they prefer, you know, Shaw to, to kind of sub in for, for Taylor when he needs a breather and, and, and James takes more of more just strictly third down uh, reps. So I, I'm curious to see if um, kind of what his role is heading into this season. And, and I'm not, you know, maybe we won't learn that uh, in spring ball. Maybe we will, but uh, I, I'm going to be watching him. And then heading into, you know, fourth down, territory here on Bucky's fifth podcast uh, position previews looking at running backs who's your slipper sleeper pick out of the position group that could you know obviously take that momentum with a good spring and, and propel themselves uh, in with momentum into summer conditioning and, and potentially earn more reps for fall camp for the 2018 season you know I I'm not sure if this is enough of a sleeper I, I was gonna say Garrett Groshek um, you know he's a guy that um, obviously people, you know, he made some plays last year and, and he played a big part in certain games, but, uh, he, his role kind of diminished down the stretch of the season. And, and I'll be kind of curious to see, um, with everybody healthy, um, is, is he going to have a role and is he going to be able to, to work his way in the lineup? So I think that I, I really like him as a runner. Um, and again, he's, he's a guy that along with Chris James can, can handle third down work. So I think that he's, He's a guy that can do a lot of different things, and if, if something were to happen to James, he would probably play a big role in, in, in third-down situations. And So I, I think if he can kind of continue to progress and, and impress during the spring, maybe he can you know, work himself you know, back into a, a bigger role, even, even with everybody healthy heading into the fall. Um, you know, the one other guy I would, I would say, you know, I, I know you don't want to talk about you know, the true freshmen uh, that are not going to be here in the spring, but I, I will say one thing about Nakia Watson, who's going to be here in the fall. He... Um, you know, when he signed in December, uh, Paul Chris comments on BTN I thought were really interesting on him. He he was already talking about him as a potential complement to Jonathan Taylor, and I don't, you know, I'm not really sure if he meant, you know, a few a couple years down the line, but but I do think 
Um, the way he said it, it seems pretty interesting to see if, you know, see if come fall, if, if he can kind of work his way in and, and play as a true freshman and, and try to beat some of these guys out that we talked about um, earlier. I, I'm really curious to see how good he is because he's a guy that, after he committed to Wisconsin, I think was getting, or, you know, he started to get some bigger offers, and uh, I think he's going to be a good player here. So it'll be interesting, you know, come fall to see if he can, he can break in there and, and, and surprise people too. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, he, he played, you know, Texas football, and obviously, uh, you know, Wisconsin, you know, you have guys like Chris Orr, Caesar Williams, uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, you have, you know, Cade Green, Emmett Perry now coming from, from that state, and Nakia Watson uh, from the Austin, Texas area. I'm intrigued, too. I'm really – I want to see what he can do, uh, you know, come and fall camp and if he can break into that rotation you know i'm wondering about just taiwan deal too i you know and this is i'm just i'm intrigued to see i thought i saw a video that one of the, the training videos of wisconsin put up kind of a hype video for for winter conditioning i swear i, I saw him uh there uh, or at least in one of the photos uh there and uh, you know and depending on how he comes back from an injury i mean he looked pretty good during fall camp too right like i mean I, before that injury before that setback that cost him the rest of the two, th- 2017 season so i'm intrigued to see how what taiwan can do uh you know if he comes back if he's on that roster in the spring you know how much of a impact he could possibly make yeah you know he's he's got to stay healthy he hasn't really been able to to prove he can do that yet and and i I hope he can i hope he can and if if he does get healthy and is able to stay healthy it just adds one more one more guy competing for for playing time (laughs) you know uh, some of these guys are going to have to get left out of the rotation unless unless people get injured. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of who rises to the top. And with, the, I mean, John still has to be happy with that, with the, just the the type of quality back that he has. Uh, the, those that the five, the six, over a handful of of potential contributors heading into 2018. So it should be it's a an embarrass. I don't know. If, can we say an embarrassment of riches? It's almost like inside linebacker last year before you know, and they were still pretty healthy there considering uh, with uh, before or after Jack Sitchie uh, was out for the year with that ACL tear. But you know, you have to say like John Siddle has to be happy with who who he has to work with and to mold further heading into 2018. Yeah, as long as you have Jonathan Taylor, it's an embarrassment of riches. You know, if, if suddenly didn't have him, then if suddenly he was gone, then then it wouldn't look as uh, quite as pretty. But uh, but I, they do have a lot of depth there. Yeah. And Jason, as always, uh, you know, uh, tell us, uh, tell the the viewers or listeners, not viewers, listeners, uh, where uh, you know what you're up to coming up uh, with spring ball and where they can find you. Yeah, you can read all my stuff at Madison.com. You know, uh, about. 10 days before spring ball starts on March 13th, we're going to start a position preview, sort of, you know, the written form of what we're doing here on the podcast, kind of. Uh, we'll do one position a day leading up to spring ball, so look out for that come uh, come early March here, and uh, we'll, we're going to bring back the Red Zone podcast um, as well. Uh, we'll probably do a mailbag edition before spring ball starts, so look out for that. Follow me on Twitter at Jason underscore Galloway to get updates on that, and uh, you can subscribe to the Red Zone on on iTunes or Google Play as well. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of uh, what I'm up to. Guys, we're going to come back, and on Bucky's fifth podcast, we'll have Drew Hom talking about the big roast and all of Big Ten basketball as we are nearing the end of the regular season and heading into the Big Ten tournament. And we'll ask that question to Drew if Wisconsin can run the table. Uh, and uh, you'll hear more coming up on Bucky's fifth podcast.
Welcome back, everybody. Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Of course, it's Jay Kokorowski. And thanks to Jason Galloway coming on, talking about the running backs. Lots to, it should be very interesting to say at least, lots to look into with just how many backs could produce next year and who will show up in the spring uh, as well as, well, of course, you have Jonathan Tom, uh, not Thomas, yes, yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, right? Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, along with, uh, you know, just Chris James, Bradrick Shaw, Garrett Groshek, you name it. Uh, and on that note, though, we talked football. We talked some basketball back on Wednesday with Matt Ferris, the walk-on guard who's going to forego his last year of eligibility to go into the real world because it's a lot of money to go to Wisconsin or college in general. So, but, so you know, that was a great article, or great uh, interview with him. Really enjoyed his insight. But it is now time for our weekly big roast, and I foreshadowed this on Wednesday, bringing back Drew Hom. Drew, you and I just witnessed the Wisconsin Badgers, you know, giving up a six-point lead at halftime, but then pushing back, ultimately winning by six, 70-64 at the All-State Arena against the Northwestern Wildcats on their senior night in in a big win uh, for them that now locks up the number nine seed in the Big Ten tournament for next week. That is uh, an unexpected development. Like, that would even be mean we're not in last place if we were actually a conference of 10 teams like our name would suggest and i think that's that's pretty swell um i'm excited uh i hate northwestern can we talk for just a quick second about uh khalil iverson he needs to have a little bit better awareness and miss his last free throw getting us to 70 points is not nice (laughs) it's just a real head scratcher (laughs) uh he was also 6 of 8 from the field, so if he would have missed one more field goal, uh, would have been nice uh, officially on that. Damn it, Khalil. Every <laughs> time. Double nice. Double nice. Uh, but it, 16 points tonight, 6 rebounds. He's really stepped up. And, you know, we can talk, we'll can we talk about Hap. We'll talk about, you know, Brevin Pritzel having another double-digit game and Andy Van Vliet coming out of nowhere. We'll talk about those guys in just Are you a bit. kidding me? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah we're I'm excited. About, but let's talk about Iverson. A thunderous dunk. The, the fact that, you know, a, a highlight real dunk in that first half, but then also uh, those offensive rebounds, a couple of offensive rebounds were key for him uh, in that second half, keeping some possessions open, uh, you know, and, and he's a, everyone's been wanting to figure out who's going to be that compliment to Ethan Happen. It was Brad Davison for so long because it had to be, but now, you know, Davison had six assists and you have Iverson, Iverson stepping up, you know, recently late more on the rebounds end and, and dishing out some assists. But now, you know, 16 points tonight against the Wildcats, uh, a great effort. And you're starting to see him uh, emerge, you know, and, and having positive signs on the defensive end. And now you saw it with the scoring tonight. Yeah, he's, uh, well, he hasn't scored as well as he did tonight over the last couple games. The last three games that Wisconsin's all won, Khalil Iverson has been a, uh, a major contributor he's been getting double digit rebounds he's been blocking shots he's even been passing pretty well uh it's it's good to see he should be a really good player for wisconsin next year and uh if he ever develops a reliable jump shot he could be kind of an alando tucker light sort of guy 
Yeah, he. You I mean just you see that athleticism as you mentioned. Uh, he could be a, he's a dynamic factor. Uh, he, I think he's the X factor of this team. At you know when he gets going, uh, he can be the difference maker alongside Hap. Uh, and you saw the nice the nice passes between them as well. And uh, Ethan, you know, dishing out to his teammates. I mean Wisconsin tonight. Just taking a look at this game. Real quick, 16 assists compared to nine turnovers, so that's great to see uh, from a Wisconsin standpoint. Why? Uh, you know, it is. Uh, you know, I mean, just the fact that they're they're playing more turnover-free, not turnover-free, but just a lot less turnovers. They're not giving their opponents the opportunity to capitalize there. Uh, but going back to, let's talk half real quick. You know, 19 points. He scores 15 of his 19 in the second half. Seven rebounds. Three assists, you know, three blocks, four steals. Uh, another all-around effort and playing with hustle and going up against, you know, Derek Pardon. It was a, you know, it was a, that was a fun effort to watch in the paint uh, between those two guys. But again, Hap really stepping up when he needed to. Yeah, I, he's a, a wonderful player, maddening at times, but he's clearly by leaps and bounds our best player and most consistent offensive option. And he is, uh, I looked this up. For an actual statistic that is real, uh, he is his like uh, percentage of percentage of possessions used is at thirty five point eight, which is good for third in the country. Like we just Iverson needs to step up or someone needs to step up because we literally can't give the ball to Hap on every possession and be like, hey, do stuff in the paint. Like eventually teams are gonna start quintuple teaming him and then we're really gonna be in trouble. Did you see that one? But, uh, there was that one shot. Uh, that one. Like screenshot, I think it was against Michigan, where he was literally surrounded by four players. It was one of the games this month, and it was just oh, it was Northwest. It was the Northwestern game um, from February first, where all like four Wildcats just descended upon him, uh, and and there are four other Badgers just waiting in the perimeter. Uh, and so yeah, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and and with that, you know, it's uh, you know. You have Wisconsin now on a three-game winning streak, right? Like this is this is the fact that you know uh, before even that you know the contributions tonight with Pritzel after a career-high 20 points against Minnesota in that overtime win on Monday, and then now let's talk Andy Van and you know Van Fleet, right? Let's talk about the uh, yeah the way that the Belgian played and coming out of nowhere in in 24 minutes. 14 points, five of seven shooting. That includes four of six from three-point range. Uh, you know, and it'll be interesting to hear uh, once they put up on uwbadgers.com uh, if they have uh, a press conference with with Greg Gard how they utilize them. Otherwise, we'll talk to him tomorrow about it. Uh, but huge contributions coming out of nowhere, and it's something that people wanted to see coming in. It's his best performance since the season opener against South Carolina State back back in early November. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my, my brother-in-law is currently over the Atlantic Ocean on his way to Paris on his honeymoon, and so uh, they don't get ESPN2 on Delta, and we were texting him updates of the game, and he was 95% convinced we were lying to him when we kept <laughs> saying Van Vliet hit three after three after three, and he like he wouldn't believe us. We had to send him uh, screenshots of the box score from like a an ESPN app for him to believe us that Van Vliet was playing that well. And I mean, that's basically why we brought him over was to be tall and hit threes. Like I don't if he's going to score 14 points a game and shoot that well, he doesn't even need to go back on defense as far as I'm concerned. 
uh, <laughs> that that was such a, a revelation to me. And it was a he, his stroke was pretty sweet looking. That's a Bucky's fifth podcast after dark right there. <laughs> and it, just I I don't know what came over the guy tonight, but he was he was great. Right, and then you know looking ahead. Yeah, this is a team that, you know, is Wisconsin, in your opinion, a team? To, and obviously there is one more regular season game, Michigan State, noon tip-off, CBS, senior day, and, and going up against the, you know, number one, number two ranked Michigan State squad. Is this a team to be reckoned with? And how thankful sh- should Wisconsin fans be to have Wisconsin's this basketball team right now? I mean, a team to be reckoned with? No. But they could certainly put a scare into some teams in the Big Ten tournament, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them winning a game or two. Uh, I would also, as a Wisconsin fan, I'm kind of super proud of how they've been playing. They had lost so many games in a row. Now they've won four of their last five, including a win over Purdue. Like This is a, a great a great end of the season that was kind of a, a lost season. Speaking of that game against Purdue, I hope... Uh, you noted that I called that Wisconsin would beat Purdue a few podcasts ago based on my scientific uh, analysis of the score progressions. We didn't tie Michigan like I predicted we would, but uh, we did beat <laughs> Purdue. So y'all true. should be subscribing to my website. It's very true. Thirty nine ninety nine, no discounts to anybody. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, on, on that note, uh, you know, the, let's look at the, a couple other teams real quick before we let you go for the evening. You know, Nebraska, uh, 20 wins. Uh, this is a team right now that is sitting in fifth place or tied for fourth, uh, 12 and five record. Uh, you know, in the conference, 21 and nine overall. And, and it's a you know, a Nebraska squad as you mentioned, you know, as we've talked about, 20 plus wins on the year for Tim Miles bunch. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I uh. I didn't expect that to happen. Uh, uh, like four, I don't know, four hundred years ago, I went to a Big Ten media day as a uh, as a hey, I'm putting air quotes up right now as a reporter. And uh, Tim Miles was a super positive guy, and I really took a liking to him. And I'm happy his team is doing well. They play Penn State on Sunday, which is basically, I guess, like a tournament elimination game based on like I think Penn State is like the last four out, and Nebraska is the next four out on ESPN's bracketology. So whoever that whoever wins that game should be looking pretty good to go dancing. Uh, Nebraska's not really a football school, and as far as I know, they <laughs> never were. So it's nice that they have a, a basketball team to be proud of. It's true. That is that is true. And, you know, then looking, you know, we, we talked about Purdue. Purdue you know lost of course to wisconsin was on that three game skid uh coming back now 14 and three over uh in in the big 10 conference 25 and five overall uh, obviously you know looking up right now with what purdue and uh obviously boilermaker fans want the badgers to win on sunday against the spartans though i'm not necessarily convinced that will happen you know if i'm a purdue fan and thankfully i'm not I'm still in panic mode. You only beat Penn State by three at home, and then they go on the road to play Illinois, who is, like, the worst team in the world, and you only win by seven. I don't know, man. 
Minnesota could give them fits. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I sometimes say silly things. That's that's not going to happen. Purdue's going to win by 20. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, right now, you know, I think one thing we can all agree upon, you know, uh, with Wisconsin, uh, you know, obviously they're getting hot. They're doing it at the right time, I think. And I, I, who knows what's going to happen Sunday, obviously. And there may be some emotions going there. You know, Matt Ferris is not going to be, you know, he'll probably be celebrated uh, on Sunday. And then Aaron Mache as well. They could, you know, you know, they could make a mark in this tournament. I, I think they have a legitimate shot. And I'm going to do my RVD for you wrestling fans. Uh, the Andy Van Fleet, uh, you know, with the thumbs towards me. Uh, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, I tweeted mm-hmm. that out on B fight on uh, Bucky's fifth quarter's Twitter site. You know, if if, if he can get hot, I mean, I think it, I think it's more of a, uh, I would say a once in a season or twice in a season type outing. But if he can get consistent or at least provide a little bit of defense with, you know, five or six points here and there, it could be a huge boost for a bench that's not that deep right now. It's really nice to have players who aren't walk-ons contributing and uh if Van Vliet I mean tonight was crazy he made four three-pointers I don't expect him to ever do that again in his life uh but if he can make two three-pointers in like half the minutes that he played tonight that is a valuable bench contributor and so I don't know I, I guess it all depends on matchups I don't know if those have been set I know there's only one game left in the regular season but uh, I couldn't be bothered to look at any of that stuff but uh, <laughs> Wisconsin's playing just as well as anybody in the conference right now he says <laughs> not quite sure if that's correct but they went they've won they've won a lot of games recently yeah I mean, I mean right now I mean Michigan State's on an 11 game winning streak so I mean that's one part you know Michigan's on a four game winning streak uh, Wisconsin's on a three-game winning streak, so I mean that puts them as like the the third streakiest team right now, and uh, yeah, that's, that says something. That says something with the fact that they have, you know, that they're 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 hitting their the, the right points right now. You know, that the big emotional win at Purdue, you know, squeaking out that win against Minnesota, uh, you know, regulation and overtime, and now you know a, a tough road win, you know, on a senior night. And uh, not not necessarily the greatest jerseys. Uh, I, I don't know. I wasn't necessarily fond of the Northwestern jerseys, but whatever. Uh, oh, oh, Jake, hold on right there. Those jerseys were fire. Were they? I think I think the state of Illinois has had some kick-ass jerseys this year. The Fighting <laughs> Illini jerseys are badass. Those Northwestern ones that just say cats across the front have the little Chicago flag on the back. I don't know why. Are they even close to Chicago? That I, I wasn't quite <laughs> sure why that was on there. But still. Cool, nonetheless. Well, Chicago's uh, Big Ten team or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. I, no, I Notre Dame is Chicago's Big Ten team. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, on that note, what's coming up for you this week, my good man? I just have one last thing to say uh, about Wisconsin fans who are upset about this season because it has been, you know, it's been a down year. They were talking about it during the game today on ESPN about some streaks Wisconsin has going. But I looked it up and who like the worst uh, Power Five teams are in uh, Ken Palm's rankings, and they're Cal and Pitt. And Cal is eight nineteen, two and twelve in conference, and they've lost to teams that are named UC Riverside, which sounds like it's from like a Fox show from the mid two thousands. They've lost to Chaminade. I don't think's won a game since they beat Ralph Sampson's Virginia team that one year in the Maui Invitational and Central Arkansas. And then Pitt, 
who's lost to Navy, who I didn't even know they had a basketball team. I thought they just did football and ran the triple option the entire time. <laughs> and then uh, Georgia Tech, who the same thing applies. I didn't know they had a basketball team. I just thought they ran triple option in every sport. So but things could be so much worse for Wisconsin. And we've lost two guys, one who was certainly a starter, and Kobe King, who would have probably been a starter by now, you think, right? I don't know. <laughs> Sixth or seventh yeah. man, at least. Yeah, like, it, it's tough. And, and no team's going to play well doing that. I mean, the year the Badgers lost Kaminsky for that, like, you know, week. And they lost a record that one time. Like, everybody just needs to calm down, or I will personally come find you and talk to you in person. And it's going to be even worse than you listening to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, on, on that note, uh, we'll end it there. Uh, Drew, once again, the big roast lives up to the hype. Thank you again for coming on this week, good sir. Of course. Thank you for having me. And, guys, we're going to wrap up the show right there, I think. Uh, great, again, having Drew on. Uh, big thanks to Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal and the Red Zone Podcast for coming on, talking some running backs. And from there, next week, we got some big uh, – Big interviews coming up. Alondo Tucker, I get to speak with him coming up, and we're going to discuss with uh, you know just his new role uh, within Wisconsin, and then uh, we got tons more coming up. We'll talk some Big Ten tournament, uh, obviously on the big roast for next week. Plus, Chris Maragos, Bo Allen back in town, being honored at the Cole Center on Sunday. Make sure you guys check out that. Uh, if you guys have tickets, make sure you get there uh, to see. Chris Maragos and Bo Allen as well. Uh, and we'll have some audio from them uh, heading into next week. So, and we'll probably talk more recruiting and whatnot too. So thanks for tuning in again for Drew Hom. This is Jay Kokorowski. Follow us at B5Q. Subscribe on iTunes, on Google Play, on TuneIn. Help us make this podcast better and make the big roast even roastier. Give us your best comments and feedback, and uh, we'll deliver. So until next week, thanks again for listening. This has been Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Thank you.